trash can presents going on a double date. Oh my gosh, Jason and Ashley, I'm so glad that you guys come on over. Jason, I know that you and David are going to just be the best of friends. We got so much in common, but girl, let me show you my shoe rack so these boys can start talking. I've been waiting for you to show me. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be in your house finally. Oh my God. So, uh, you like sports? Uh, not really. I'm not a big sports guy. Oh, okay. Um... Uh, Ashley tells me that you, uh, that you're really big into, like, comic books and stuff. Who's your favorite superhero? I mean, I got an Archie and Jughead from the grocery store once. Um. Okay, uh, so what do you do for a living? So, um, I work in the, uh, the parks and recreation department in, in town. Um, and right now, uh, I'm primarily mowing the grass. It's uh, been quite rainy this year. Oh, okay. Cool deal. Do you like to use a riding lawnmower or do you just like to use the old push mower? I prefer not to talk about work while I'm off. Okay. Well, uh, I see that we literally have nothing in common, so I'm going to go get a beer. Uh, you could stay here if you want or you could come along or whatever you want to do, but uh, I don't think this is going to work out. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Fellas, if you've ever been on a double date where you didn't really know the guy, that is pretty accurate. Or it's always one of two things on the double date. Either the girls really get along and the boys don't get along, or the boys really get along and the girls don't get along that well. Fortunately, thank God, uh, you know, with me and Micah and our wives, we all four get along. It's such a great time. Sometimes a little bit too well. Yeah, we worry about our wives and uh, the plans that they make behind our back. But that's a different story for a different day, and that belongs to what fries my donut sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But we are welcoming all those that are listening, returning. We love you guys. Where are those people that are listening from? Shout them out. Oh, man, we're talking Iowa. We're talking Ohio. We're talking Virginia. We're talking Oregon is a big one. Washington State. We even got, of course, we got some mainstays. Texas. Around Texas, we got some New Mexico, Oklahoma. I mean, literally... Uh, Kansas is a big one. Man, we got so many. What about them international ones, Chris? Oh, yeah. Canada, for sure. Singapore, Australia. Over, actually, in Israel. Did you know we have some Israeli listeners? That's pretty cool. In the UK, England, Spain, Germany, France. You know, all the great European countries. You know, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I never thought that my, uh, and I know India is in there, too. I never thought that, um... My voice would be heard around the world. That's kind of weird to think about. It really is. They probably make fun of us, though. Here's a, This is kind of a side story. So we were watching this wrestling pay-per-view, and it was in London. And this guy came out, and he was an Aussie, right? This wrestler. And he cut this promo, and the crowd kept yelling, Wanka. Like, they kept calling him a Wanka. But I couldn't understand what they were saying, so it took me like a good five minutes to understand what they were yelling at him. And I was like, oh, okay, they're yelling Wanker at him. I get it. That's like the equivalent of mother effer and uh english but yeah, that's great uh one other side note i'm just gonna say the nfl be having games in uh london now and those uh those uk fans are pretty nuts pretty nuts so 
I'm telling you, they're dedicated sports folks for sure. Yeah, they bring the energy, man. Even for that wrestling pay-per-view, they were bringing high energy. So got to love it. Got to love our UK people. So we're going to dive in into our first segment, which is the old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. And this is going to be a two-parter. So both Mike and I have been to big uh, summer camps where we actually went out of state and we stayed for – did you stay for a week? When you went ten days on mine, ten days, yeah, it was probably I think maybe about ten days on my end too. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're gonna share about our summer camp big experiences because there's a lot of good stories out of there. So Micah, tell them what happened with your summer camp, what it was, where it was at, kind of what was all involved, and some maybe some cool stories. So uh, weirdly enough, and I, I still don't know who and how this happened, but. Whenever I was going from my freshman in high school to sophomore in high school year, like that summer gap, um, well, let me backtrack. So that freshman year later on, and I'll put it to this way, I was in what they call pre-AP classes or like the, I guess, um, how would you describe them, Chris? Honors classes? Yeah, there you go. You know, I don't want to be like honors classes. I really didn't like it. I didn't like the crowd, but it was something, uh, you know, your parents make you do kind of thing. If you can be in it, I don't know a parent that won't make you be in that. Anyways, so was in there in a few classes, and I get this letter one day towards the end of uh, freshman year, and it was from this um, academic camp, I guess, and it was for, how do I describe it? Um, they were, they were trying like new learning concepts that they wanted to adopt into schools and kind of like a new education sort of thing and basically take, um, certain students that were like nominated. And I still have no clue who nominated me. Like the letter just came out of nowhere. All I remember about it was, it was like, okay, it's at this university called Wake Forest in North Carolina. If you've ever heard of it, it's a beautiful campus. It's really small. Um, I, I, I could never afford to actually get in there. It's a it's a private school, so it's it's just really really expensive to get in there. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a whirlwind thing because it was right, you know, the end of school happened, and it was like right there in June. It was like okay, boom. It was ten days, and from where we were at in Augusta, it was about, I guess it was about a three and a half four hour drive up there, and we drove up there. And I had never been that far north into North Carolina. Like, I had been to Charlotte, but I'd never been to Winston-Salem where um, Wake Forest was. And have you ever been that far north, Chris? Uh, I think I I have, but, like, never stopping. Like, I've traveled through that far north, but I've never stopped. I got you. It's beautiful up there. I mean, it really it's really a beautiful country up there. Um, but stayed there. And essentially, you would think this is kind of bad, but it was um, – a lot of academic based things so we stayed in the dorms first and foremost it was kind of like a okay in a few years you're going to be going to college it's like a college preparedness thing tips and tricks but also um testing certain like retention tools and techniques like i remember one in particular um they they taught us to basically read an entire paragraph and how you do it quickly is you close your eyes and it's a focusing technique. And then you close your eyes and you think of a very relaxing spot. And you're supposed to take five seconds and visualize that. Then you roll your eyes up and down. And then when you open your eyes, apparently you are ten times more focused or whatever. 
And so they essentially gave us tests, right? Okay, you didn't do that technique. What is your comprehension score on this long paragraph? And they would give you a time limit, a very short time limit. So it's like you probably won't get through the entire paragraph, so you won't be able to really answer all the questions. But why they did that was to see, okay, how much are you actually retaining in that short bit of time versus when you do that focusing technique, how much are you reading and retaining, and how much can you answer afterwards? It was actually pretty surprising how much different it was. There was a lot of a lot more retention when you do things like that, and there's um, a bunch of those little tips and tricks and things like that that helped me get through some things. But I've got a question. Did you have to pay to go, or did they pay you to go? I uh, had to pay to go. <laughs> that was actually something that my parents weren't exactly happy about. I understand that, because it's like, okay, you want me to be a guinea pig for this new academic testing method, and I'm going to have to pay my way to go? That doesn't make sense. But anyways, continue. What they, what they also provided in return is it's 90 hours worth of academic seat time, um, and a recommendation to a university and they had connections with a bunch of different universities and things like that So essentially if you attended this, I don't know um, in theory you would have uh, easier access getting to these Universities or something along those lines, right? It's like okay. He had 90 hours worth of seat time at this particular um, in, You know then, then they had connections like that, that apparently that was the deal and I just remember I got back to, to Georgia afterwards and it's like, are you going to take these 90 hours? And the credit is like, yeah, nobody in Georgia is going to take that. It's pretty much what my guidance counselor told me. They were like, yeah, nobody's going to take that pretty much. So what you're telling me is that you did it all. Pretty much. Did you get like, oh, of course, y'all did like nerd stuff, right? Like all the math and all the <laughs> reading and all that stuff. But did you have like any fun stories? Like, did y'all get to have any fun or did you meet any cool people? Oh, yeah. Met a bunch of cool people because they were all from around the country. It wasn't just like from the south or anything like that. And a lot of these kids were um, very affluent. And yeah, they're were, they were rich kids, I'll be honest. I didn't really realize this at the time, but they really liked me and they really like drew to me because I had this really Southern accent. I don't, I don't think I do as bad anymore, but apparently I did back then. So they called me, uh, they called me cornbread because <laughs> apparently nobody else was that uh, Southern around there. I will attest to that, ladies and gentlemen. Most, his accent is predominantly gone, but if you go back and watch the Krispy Kreme episode, you can hear that accent. It's pretty thick. But I also had a pretty thick accent, too. But anyways, continue. I'm sorry. When it, when you're in the weeds, you in the weeds. But, um, no, I met a bunch of cool people. I mean, uh, a bunch of doctors and lawyers, kids. A lot of folks from Florida. Shout out Florida. Um, you know, they were living in Boca. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. A lot of folks from California, uh, up north in uh New York. I even um, have a friend that I've been talking to since that point. I guess it's one of those things. Have you ever had a friend like you don't really talk to them, but maybe once and have blue moon and it's like, here's a life events that have happened. Yay. And they're like, dude, that's awesome for you. And maybe sometimes they'll text you and be like, here's what's been going on with me. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it's just been like that ever since, I guess, sophomore year. And so it's kind of interesting. 11, 12 years. That's crazy. Do you think everybody in your in that honors class got the letter? Uh, I don't think so, because nobody else knew what I was talking. Um, when I went back the next year, like I talked about it, because I was honestly expecting somebody to be there. There was nobody else from Georgia there. Like that was literally it was literally from a bunch of other states, um, but nobody from. Well, I take that back. There was somebody from the Atlanta area, but I mean that's kind of expected, right? Atlanta's a big city, um, but. 
it was it was just kind of weird. Okay, last question. Were you glad that you had the experience of going to academic camp, or you were like, oh my gosh, this was a waste of my summer? No, it was pretty cool. I mean, it taught me how to do uh, certain things. It helped my math skills a lot. Then it also, like, I, I know it was learning, but they try to make it as fun as possible, and they try to use real-world scenarios instead of, uh, like I said, it wasn't like traditional learning where you're sitting there in the classroom, and maybe I should divulge on that a little bit, too. Um, they were very much on, uh, I, I guess best way to describe it is kind of how like Google operates where, you know, you have 50 minutes of learning time, then you give 10, 15 minutes worth of a break, whether that be, and you know, they would pull out the football or whatever. And wherever we were at, it's a college campus. So there's greenery around. So it's like, you go toss the football around for 10 minutes and come back inside for somebody that was a sophomore in high school and uh, not as high energy as maybe like a middle schooler or an elementary schooler. It was still nice to, in between learning and even learning that you're not really realizing is learning. When learning's fun, you don't really realize you're doing it. You're just kind of, I guess, going with what they're saying and going, okay, yeah, I can do that, okay. And before you know it, you, that makes sense. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of difficult to explain. I haven't had it too much in life, but in that instance, they were... That model was really good. I really think that if they move that sort of thing into schools, it would... Uh, it would improve things a lot. They were also very big on things like block scheduling. Uh, if you've ever heard that in schools where it's like you have a certain schedule on one day and then it alternates the next day, then the other week it alternates. And so basically you have two days to do your homework and you essentially it just kind of helps out and it really models more of like the real world working style instead of every single day is the same exact thing to a certain extent, which can be some jobs for sure. But it's one of those things to where it's, I don't know, it gets you prepared to have multitude of tasks and have to handle all of that on differenting days, if that makes sense. Cool deal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you heard Micah share about going to academic camp, uh, and I thought I was the nerd. But, you know, it's whatever. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I could, I'm glad it helped you uh, in your schoolwork because I'm sure that it did help you. Last thing, uh, I was just like, dude, I can't wait for college. And then I didn't end up going. Uh, <laughs> well, I went to community college. But, yeah, we stayed in the dorms and it was like shared showers and all that other stuff. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was co-ed or anything like that. Of course, we were all under 18. But, it, uh, you know, I mean... It was one of those things. It was it was pretty fun. Nice. Well, cool deal, man. Well, we're going to hop into our next segment, segment. And instead of the jelly donut, we have a different segment. This is the segment of I met a famous person and I didn't even know it. So it's about oh, snap. Yep, stories of people. They met a famous person and they didn't even realize it at the time. So you ready for these? Let's do it. Some of these are pretty funny. All right. Uh, this person said that they were 10 years old in 2002 and that their mom took them to the Bronx Zoo for the very first time. It was a rainy day, so they practically had the whole place to themselves, except for three British kids that were running around, and there was some woman that was chaperoning them. Uh, the person's mom quickly befriended the woman, while I made like a kid and joined the horde. So this person was hanging out with three British kids. When we said our goodbyes, my mother told me that the kid Daniel I had been hanging out with had played Harry Potter in the movie that came out last year. So this was when the, like, first couple of Harry Potter movies came out and it was like three kids and he was just like, Oh, that kid's name's Daniel. Oh, okay. Didn't put two and two together. And so I guess that person met Daniel Radcliffe and his friends. That's kind of cool. That is cool. But it's just like, 
I wish I wish I would have known. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, you wish you would have known. You're like, oh man. All right, uh, this next one. Uh, this person says that their mom yelled at Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> what? Did she go Karen on Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, I guess so. So the mom uh, and the dad were at the ski resort getting lunch. Uh, the mom was hangry and was waiting in line to order. Right as she was about to order, a guy tried to cut in front of her. She snapped and told him to get to the back of the line like everybody else. She got her food and went back to uh, the dad that was just sitting there, and his mouth was wide open in shock. And he said, did you know that you just yelled at Pierce Brosnan? And she said, well, he shouldn't have tried to cut me in line. <laughs> she didn't care. She was like, listen, I'm hungry. He shouldn't have been trying to cut in line. I mean, fair. I mean, even if you're an actor, I don't think that you should have the special privilege of being cut in I line. I completely agree. All right, next one. Uh, this lady was a big sports fan, and she sometime, one time she was shopping and saw a really large, fit-looking man uh, that she didn't immediately recognize, but she was like, oh, that guy seems familiar. Uh, she thought it must have been a professional or football player or something, so she went up to the only other person in the store who was a smaller guy, and asked him if he knew who that athletic man was. And he said, that's my bodyguard. I'm Elton John. So it was Elton John's bodyguard that she was looking at, and she asked the guy, and the guy turned out to be Elton John. That's funny. No, like, no offense, but I don't think it would be easy to recognize Elton John without all the garb on. Like, maybe it would, but I don't know. Like, every time I've ever seen Elton John, he's always in, you know, sparkly stuff and weirdo like weird crazy glasses so i think if you just saw him in public in regular street clothes you would just probably look like another dude well then too you just realize like these people are normal people so when you see these people in public you're like there's no way that's so and so like no way like i met a wrestler at one of the shows and i was like there's no way this is this guy and then i see him on tv now and i'm like oh yeah i met him and literally after the meet and greet he went and got went in line like a normal person and ordered a popcorn and i was like Huh, just doing it like a normal person, so. At least he didn't cut in line. Yep, he didn't cut in line. All right, uh, this next one. Uh, this lady's husband was vacationing in Arizona, killing time in a bar over a burger and a beer, and a guy uh, was sitting next to him, and this lady's husband and the guy had a nice chat. Uh, the guy left, and the husband went to close the tab, and the bartender told him that it had been covered by the guy that he was talking to. Apparently, it was Chuck Norris. I'm like, ah. Hold on. How do you? I don't. I, I don't, don't know. know man. How do you not recognize Chuck Norris? I mean, my thing is, even if you've been living under a rock for years, I, I don't know anybody that does not know who Chuck Norris is or what his face at least looks like. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm calling BS on that one though, because I'm like, eh, I think you would. I know Chuck Norris has significantly aged, and now he looks different. But I'm like, yeah, no way. You would have known who that was. For me personally, you can still tell by the voice. Like, even though he looks different, his voice is still the same to me. But anyways. Uh, this lady's cousin rode a ski lift uh, in Bale, Colorado. And then uh, apparently this lady was in the ski lift behind them. But in the ski lift in front of them, uh, there was Jack Black that was riding with um, with her cousin, right? And so we got off the lift, and they'd gone their separate ways. And uh, the cousin was like, oh, yeah, that guy on my lift was so nice. And we were like, no dip, Sherlock. That was Jack Black. And she was like, the school of rock guy? And she was so embarrassed because she rambled on about living in Iowa for most of their conversation. 
And so apparently she was just talking to Jack Black and just having a normal conversation and didn't even realize it was him. You know, as a celebrity, that's probably the most refreshing thing in the world. You're probably expecting like, oh, gosh, like I, I, I don't think that they all probably like that. I mean, I'm sure most of them love their fans and stuff like that. But there's got to be at least a time where you're sitting there going, oh, gosh, I'm going to get on this ski lift. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, you're Jack Black. I want to take a bunch of pictures and I just want to go on the ski lift. And whatnot, and then all of a sudden they start talking. It's like, "Hi, yeah, what's your name? Oh, I'm Jack," you know. And they're just like, "Yeah, well, I lived in Iowa," and, I'm, you know, <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, yeah, they have no clue who I am. This is great." I can imagine that's probably great. But here's here's my deal, though. Like, part of me is like, if I met a famous person, I would be hesitant about asking for pictures and autographs. But then there's another part of me like, this is a one-time thing. Like, how can I not get a picture? So let me ask you, if you for some reason ran into Peyton Manning on like a random day or Tom Brady, would you ask him for a picture? Yes. And here's how I would do it. Like I wouldn't try to, cause I think what probably is the worst for a celebrity. And I've thought about how I would probably want to be approached as a celebrity. So say I see him at the airport or whatever, right? Just literally walk up to him and say, I'm so sorry to do this. I'm a huge fan. Do you mind if I snap a picture right quick? Snap the picture and go, I really appreciate it. Have a nice flight. And just get out of their way as quickly as possible, but still have that interaction. And, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some people will be like, oh, no, like, yeah, take a picture and, you know, be all cool about it. But I'm sure most of them, again, are just trying to travel. They're just trying to do whatever. And so I just would try to be as quick as possible about it of like, hey, you know, super big fan. So you're telling me that if you saw Troy Aikman, you wouldn't be fanboying fanboying over him? Like I would from afar. I I just I feel so bad about you know he probably gets that so often. I mean, he lives in Texas for God's sakes. I think there's a reason that a lot of the time he's traveling and it's out of state because that man could definitely not go anywhere in the state of Texas without being known. And everybody wanting to talk to him or buy him a beer or something. And I'm sure, you know, it's got to get tiring after a while. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it's like you don't want to look like a fanboy. But on the inside, you're like, holy crap, I just met so-and-so. You're like, this is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like I would want to grab the picture, grab the autograph. If it's something, it also depends on the situation. If it's one of those things to where it's... You know, there's not a lot of other people around, and he seems like, okay, yeah, I'm cool to talk or whatever. You know, uh, I'll see where what happens. But if it's in one of those really public situations where there's a lot of people and maybe there's already stuff like that been happening, yeah, I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, those are uh, – actually, that actually happened to us, man. When we went on the Cowboys field, we walked past DeMarcus Ware. And if you guys don't know, DeMarcus Ware used to play for the Cowboys and uh, – he was really short, and he wasn't wearing his pads, and we thought it was just a dude wearing a Cowboys jersey, and we literally asked him, like, excuse me, sir, like, we need to get past, and he just was like, okay, and I was like, man, that was DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, that was that was messed up. He was filming a commercial um, of some sort, but yeah, I'll tell you this much, him on TV was a lot bigger, uh, but yeah, he was just in his jersey, and he had his helmet on, and he was, like, tossing a football. And there was kind of a TV production crew. But, I mean, that could have been anybody, right? You, I thought, like, oh, it's just, like, a stand-in actor or something. Because his face was all covered up, too. Like, he had that helmet with the face mask that covered everything. So, like, you couldn't see who it was. And I just remember he probably thought it was 
he probably got a kick out of it because we were literally walking by him. He's like, excuse me. And we were just like, yeah, that couldn't have been to Marcus where he's too small. <laughs> yeah. But now you go back and kick yourself. Like, Tadgummit, man. Tadgummit. Well, we're going to move into our next segment, which is the donut hole. <laughs> Buddy, I got a game for you. I love games. What's going on? All right. We're going to play movie trivia part two. Don't worry. I oh, didn't. Boy. I didn't make them too hard for you. I didn't make them too hard. I tried to make them kind of easy on you. All right. All right. Here we go. Question number one. There are three movies that hold the record for the most Oscars won, which is the total of 11 Oscars. Which is not one of those three movies that hold 11 Oscars? A, Titanic, B, Ben-Hur, C, Avatar, or D, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King? I'm going to say Ben-Hur. That is incorrect. It's actually Avatar, man. Ben-Hur was the first to win 11 awards. So, Avatar. Avatar is not one. I mean, they've won some awards, but not as many as the other three. I know when they were pumping it up, they were pumped up at a lot of awards. Now, Titanic, I automatically, because, like, the VHS tape that I that we had as a family had, like, 11 Oscars or whatever on the front of it. So, anyways. Cool deal. All right. Which is not the name of a child selected to tour the Wonka factory in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? A, Billy Warp. B, Veruca Salt, C, Mike TV, or D, Charlie Bucket? Uh, Billy Warp, whatever the hell that kid is. That is correct, man. I like that kid. Mike TV. Mike TV's, that kid was yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that kid was funny. Um, then again, I think it might have been a refreshing character after going through Veruca Salt and uh, the Blueberry Gal. Yeah. I know this is kind of a, uh, like, side bit, and I'll get back to the questions in a minute, but do you know a lot of people say that Uncle Joe is the uh, our grandpa joe is the villain of that movie because like he's basically lazy and like all of a sudden he just gets up as soon as he finds out that he's going to wonka's chocolate factory and does this little jigging dance and uh he could have been <laughs> yeah. he could have been working that whole time yeah no i i completely understand that my thing is like i always i always found that whole bit kind of creepy you know why are you going to have all the parents in one bit like i understand that they pour and whatnot but but dang, like that is just that's that would that always tripped me out as a kid, like looking at that and going, I you know, and they haven't gotten up in how long? Oh heck no. I wonder I wonder where their legs went. That's all I wondered when I where I watched that movie. I wonder I wondered if they were all like I, I was just like, you know, half the reason they broke is because they're having to have all them adult diapers peeing on themselves and whatnot and have to change all that. Anyways. Oh yeah. Alright, the next one. In the first Indiana Jones movie, what famous artifact is Indy looking for? A. Mona Lisa, B. The Ark of the Covenant, C. The Holy Grail, or D. King Tut's Tomb? The first Indiana Jones movie. Can I tell you something really bad? I get them all mixed up terribly. The reason being is because I've only seen bits and pieces. Isn't it King Tut's Tomb, though? That is incorrect. It's actually the Ark of the Covenant. That's pretty bad. Apparently, I need to go back and watch Indiana Jones. Yeah, the new one just came out. I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's incredible that Harrison Ford is still uh, doing so well at movies, but he's definitely not doing his own stunts, tell you that much. Anyways. Which is not a movie that stars Will Smith? A, Hitch, B, Men in Black, C, Ali, or D, The Hurricane? It's it's Ali, right? Like, Because that movie's about Muhammad Ali? Yeah, but he played Muhammad Ali. Did he really? 
Syracuse? Yes. So, That's so it's the hurricane. What's the hurricane about? Hurricane? It's a no. It's about a boxer that uh, kills somebody. Shows how much kid. I know there. That's pretty bad. I knew the first two had Will Smith in it for sure. Yeah. Now the hurricane has Denzel in it. All right. Which actor frequently stars in numerous Quentin Tarantino movies? A. Samuel Jackson. B. Ryan Reynolds. C. Denzel Washington. Or D. Will Ferrell. It's definitely Samuel Jackson. Yeah, he loves Samuel Jackson. Uh, could you imagine Will Ferrell in a Quentin Tarantino movie? Interesting. Then again, he's been playing some interesting characters in his back years, I'll tell you that much. All right, this next one. Which actor is not featured in Anchorman, the story of Ron Burgundy? Which actor is not featured in Anchorman? A, Steve Carell, B, Jim Carrey, C, Paul Rudd, or D, Will Ferrell? Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey is not an anchor man. All right, next one. Jim Carrey plays a cop with a split personality disorder in which movie? A, The Mask. B, The Cable Guy. C, Me, Myself, and Irene. Or D, The Grinch. <laughs> it's The Grinch, Chris. Final answer. Which one is, which one is it guy. for real? It's Me, Myself, and Irene. Yes, it's You, Yourself, and Irene. I said a cop. A cop. All right. Next one. Which Star Wars actor had to have plastic surgery after a car crash in 1977? A. Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker. B. Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia. C. Harrison Ford, who played Han Solo. Or D. Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Mark Hamill. His face always kind of been a little off. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. There you go. All right. Next one. Which actor was originally intended to play Mace Windu in Star Wars? A. Denzel Washington. B. Will Smith. C. Jamie Foxx. Or D. Tupac Shakur. I don't know why, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild stab at it because I don't know. Was it Denzel? No, it was actually Tupac. They wanted Tupac to. That, that yeah, they sense. wanted Tupac to play him, but Tupac <laughs> died before uh, he could be in it. Oh, if they only had today's technology, they could just insert them in. Just CGI. All right, last one. Last one. All right, which is not a movie directed by Steven Spielberg? He's directed a lot of movies. So which one is not a movie that he directed? A, Jurassic Park. B, Indiana Jones. C, The Goonies. Or D, Inception. Uh, I'm going to go with A, honestly. That's your final answer? By the way you said that, it makes me think that I should make that my final answer, but yes. Uh, it's actually Inception. Inception was directed by Christopher Nolan. Oh, really? See, I thought in something like Inception, Spielberg does some out-there stuff, too. So, I thought something like Inception would be him, too. Yeah, but he's, uh, I mean, look at all of his hits. Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, The Goonies. Uh, he helped out on uh, Back to the Future. I mean, he gave us all the great movies that they Yes, he's, he's rich. Yes, he is. Everything he uh, does t turns to gold. All right, well, uh, we're going to move into our next segment, which is What Fries My Donuts? <laughs> Micah, what fries your donuts this week, buddy? Oh, we're revved up. We're revved up. So what I can't stand is people trying to push their agenda. And so this is a twofold thing that I'm angry about. And now there's, there's multi-facets that this could go, but there's two things in particular that really fry me up. You know, you got those people out there 
that really you try to state your opinion and they want to keep on going. For example, it's like, okay, you want to work on the car. You, you go under the car and you say, you know what? I think that it's a particular part that has gone out on the car. And then you have someone else come along and they say, no, I don't think it's that part. However, you tell them all the supporting evidence of why it is that part. But they will defend to the death whether they're right. They will say, no, 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 it's not that part. It's another part. I can't stand those kind of people. But the thing is, I'm not just talking about something really small. I'm talking about small instances because uh, the large life instances are really, really, really what fries my donuts. And so I'm not going to get too revved up on that. But I can't stand that kind of stuff or people just straight pushing that point. And it's like, I get your point. You're not right. I'm not going to take your advice. Move on. The second one is uh, making you a part of a group or a part of a uh, agreeance to an opinion that's not true. And what I mean by that is the classic, you're in the car and you're driving. It's probably happened a lot when you were a kid. And mom is hungry or somebody is hungry in the car. And it's like, well, I heard that Micah wants a cheeseburger. He said that he was getting hungry back there when you said no such thing. Now, I know that's a really small example, but people do that all the time in real life to big, big scenarios to try to curb you because they expect you to what? What are you going to say in return, Chris? You're literally going to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry because you, you know better than to go. Oh, no, I'm not hungry because then mom's all mad at you, giving you the stank eye in the backseat of like you should have went along with my story. And so... I just, I just can't stand people that push their own agendas and try to weasel their way of like, okay, you're going to conform to what I want to do. Yeah, I totally get that, man. Especially when you've told them, like, this is my boundary and, like, no, I'm not doing that. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're still going to do this, though. It's Let me give you the a good example because I don't want to get too specific because I know you'll get fried, fried up, right? And it's like uh, you give your, your availability – to a job, right? You say, I can only work, uh, I, I can work every day, but I can't work Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I have college or I got to take my grandma to the doctor or whatever. But then your job schedules you on Tuesday or Wednesday and you figure, oh yeah, they must have overlooked it or not seen it. And then you tell them, hey, I'm not available on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And then they're like, okay. And then they keep scheduling you on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And you're like, hey, I can't do this. And they're like, yes, you can. When you work, when you sign up to work at this family, we're your family. You should have open availability. And it's like, but I told you, you told me that you were flexible. So I get that, man. It's 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 weird, especially when you put a boundary in the line and people want to keep kicking that boundary and keep. Yeah, heck yeah. Especially, you know, I am going to go on a, a situation right quick. So, um. A particular person's washer and dry, or dryer in particular broke. And there's a little sensor in there, and that's the reason that it broke. And so, literally, I was going to go in there and look at the part number. And there's a little placard that's within the dryer to where it has the model number and all the information that you would need to look up this part number. And, literally, I had a family member who literally was uh, trying to shove this manila folder worth of, and it was stacked full of paperwork about the dryer in my face. Now, does it have the information? Sure. I, I can imagine so. However, it's it's like, I'm you know, it's going to take me more time to open up this manila folder, 
go through it and at least identify, okay, here's the actual manual, here's where the model is, or I could just walk out there, open the door, and have that in that quick of time. I think to me that's quicker. And then I can also take a picture of it and all the information is writing conveniently right there. And meanwhile, it's like I explain this all to them and you know, they're like shoving the manila folder. It's like, well, why don't you look in there? And it's like, literally, if you weren't having this conversation, this could have already been done with and over with. Why does it have to be this way in particular? Why can't I do it the way that I know how to do it? Both will get the job done. What really, what, what does it matter? And so there's a lot of things that happen that way. Um, that and I don't know. It's just kind of pushing that control of like, no, we need to do it this way. Do we really? Is that really what needs to be done? Or can we can we do it any old way and it'll work? Yeah, people that are pushy on, their, on the boundaries, dude, I don't like it. When they push their own way or try to keep twist your arm into doing what they want, they're just like, hey, man, I've already told you this is not cool. You're still doing it anyway. And that's why people like that, you see their true colors, man. If you can avoid them, do it. Yeah, and then last last thing on it is... Uh, the to that second point that I was talking about about you know presenting it to a group you know recently um, in a work setting I've had it before where I oppose an opinion and I had somebody at works tell everybody else well I think Micah is in on the idea and so everybody's coming back to me and the hard part is when that person is a part of your team or that somebody that is supposed to you there's like that unwritten rule of okay you can't go back on them so even though you don't actually believe that the high road dictates that you need to, you know, tell these people like, oh, yeah, no, I do agree with that. And really, it depends on where the loyalties lie. If you're if you're loyal to a situation and, and it's OK to do that in some situation, that is OK to do. But in others, it's just aggravating because it's like, no, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. In fact, I, I believe right the opposite of it. And, you know, I understand a lot of times there's strength in numbers, but it really fries my donuts when people try to curb things and try to change people's opinions and get people on their side uh, and try to hook people like that. That's not really that's not cool. Yeah, I don't I don't like that either. Uh, and I'll end with this. I know this. we keep saying we're going to end with this. That's that Southern goodbye. But I hate when people uh, think that just because they're family, that they just get to say whatever they want. They get to push whatever they want. Just because you are quote-unquote family by blood, that doesn't mean you just get to push your agenda and get to do whatever you want. Someone is in your family is saying, hey, this ain't okay. And you're like, well, we're family, so it's okay. No, it ain't okay. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, people in the family have the um, free will to literally push people away and say, you know what? I'm not going to deal with that. And eventually it'll get there if you push too hard, so jump into our next segment which is the mystery donut and that's our improv segment so we got a great game we got questions only i love this game it challenges me to think outside the box so uh what do you have for us for a scenario for our questions only we have some weird ones in the in the scenario hat over here but this scenario is getting abducted by aliens getting abducted by aliens okay do you want to start yeah i can start is this the mothership? How did I even get here? Do, do you want them to probe you? Are they gonna probe me? Do you really want to know? Where do you think they stick the probe? They're gray, aren't they? Do you think it's weird that they're not green? Do you think they're naked? Or is that a suit? Do you think that they're gonna eat us? Are they gonna drop us back off in Nevada? How many 
days do you think they're going to keep us here before they let us go? How old do you think these little guys are? When do you think they're going to let us You eat? think these suckers have a translator or something? Where's the bathroom? Because I really have to pee. Do you think they know who your mother is? Do you think you know, even know who your mother is? <laughs> we can end it on that one. All right, do you want to do another scenario? Yes, I got another scenario. Okay, here we go. At a Comic-Con, is William Shatner going to be here? Wouldn't you like to know? Who's better, Kirk or Picard? What are you, a furry? How does that even apply to Captain Kirk or Picard? Both of them are human. Don't ask questions and answer my question. How much do you think is That's not it's going to be for an autograph from William Shatner? Do you think it's more than I make in a year? Do you think the guy, for, or Jordy from Reading Rainbow is going to be here? I just got to pause right quick and uh, remember... I totally forgot that they were the same person for a second. The, the guy that has the little white bar on there. And it from Anyways, um, so side moment there. You, you distracted me with that good good reference. Do you think his autograph price is going to be high? How much money did you bring with you? Wouldn't you like to know? Why won't you tell me? Why do you want to know so bad? Are you in financial trouble? Why would you say that? Do you have a long-term settlement and you need cash now? Oh, J.G. Wentworth. I I'll lose for that. I'm sorry. Well, there you go. All right, man. I'll let you pick the. I'll let you pick the last scenario. In a soda factory, whatever that is. I guess that's where, uh, like, soda, like Coke, is being made. I'll start. Is this Willy Wonka's soda factory? How much do you think these people get paid an hour? The Oompa Loompas or your mom? <laughs> <laughs> that's another good question. Oh. oh, man, I gotta call it, dude. You got you went for the throat because <laughs> that was technically a question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to slow and slow. I had to I had to hit that one out of the park. Well, I I bested you with the last two, so you had to go for the kill on the last one. All right, we're gonna move into our eclair, which is our positive advice. And uh, Michael, what do you got for us, man? I didn't realize how much my eclair actually kind of leaks back to what fries my donuts, but. Um, just remember that those who pass judgment on you are really revealing more about themselves than they are showing or they're trying to put you or they're actually putting you down. That's what I'm trying to say. So really and truly, people who are passing judgment on on you and nitpicking everything that you're doing and saying that you're not good enough or you're doing things wrong, they're really the insecure one. And honestly, it's really, really sad uh, for those people because they feel so unhappy in their lives and their growth is so stunted that they want to uh, reach out and pass the bucket and unfortunately try to take your joy and take your happiness and try to take your growth away from you. And a lot of the times um, those people are successful because they know how to get under people's skin. And a lot of the times, like I said, if they're nitpicking everything that you're doing, you've already won. You've already won. You're literally doing the best that you can in life. Just don't let it get to you. And um, literally... Don't don't take anything that they're saying. Take it all with a grain of salt because they don't they don't know what happiness uh, is. Right mine now. is uh, learn to let stuff roll off. And if you're like me, I tend to focus on stuff uh, too often. Like for example, today I had to get into a confrontation, um, and after that confrontation, uh, I I had the thing of like, man, I should have said this or I should have done this differently. And like I needed to have that confrontation and have that conversation. It was important. And uh, by no means that I did the wrong thing, but sometimes I sit at home and I focus and I'm like, man, I should have said this or I should have done that. 
Um, and even when I'm teaching the kids or preaching on Sundays, I'm like, man, I should have said this or I didn't cover this. And you just got to let that stuff roll off, man. You got to sometimes say at the end of the day, I did all I could do. If that is actually true, like if you've done all you can do, just let it go and let that stuff roll off of you. Now, if it's like, oh, yeah, well, you were kind of a straight up jerk and you need to go back and apologize, then, yeah, it's good to self-reflect. But sometimes you can obsess and focus on those things. Well, you just got to let that stuff roll off. There's always going to be people that don't like you. There's You're never going to make everyone happy. Um, there's always going to be people that call you names. But it's like what Medea says. And to quote Tyler, Tyler Perry, the man himself, uh, it's not what they call you, but it's what you answer to. So uh, just let stuff roll off, man. Uh, I'm having to learn that. Um, it's really hard for me. But I'm learning it. So, hey, I'm still learning. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good to push yourself and um, to try to make yourself better. But you also don't want to hang on every word that you say and every mistake that you do because that's perfectionism. And I'll tell you this much, perfectionism doesn't work out in the end because we're all human and we all make mistakes. But, yeah, man, tvtrashcan.com, tvtrashcan.com. Go to the website. Go see what we got over there. We got a bunch of good stuff. Of course, we got Instagram, Facebook, um, and wherever you're listening to this podcast we really appreciate it and uh yeah man i'm ready to take it out to the trash it's another week down i can't believe it yeah uh this is actually episode 85 so did you know that we're 15 away from 100 that's really crazy seems like just yesterday we were just starting this ish out we already deep into season two yeah man for sure well uh let's sign off i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the donut box podcast uh-huh Uh-huh.